Welcome back to the Wavy Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma, as well as the managing editor of Soundtrack.ca. Today, we're going to be discussing the most anticipated albums of 2021. And I have my creative associate, Dakota, with me. How are you, Dakota? It's always nice to hear that title. I I forget (laughs) about it, so it's nice to hear it. It sounds like way too formal, but I kind of like it, you know? (laughs) <laughs> I'm just some some dude that uh, that you talk music with. That's the perfect title. <laughs> Maybe we'll change it up. Um, <laughs> Real professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but basically, here we are, 2021. The skies are not looking very clear, but one thing, well, I guess some things that are clear are some new albums on the way, which is always exciting. Um, So we thought we could kind of talk about that and then also reflect a little bit on our um, top albums from 2020. Um, Yeah, so Dakota, did you kind of want to go first in terms of reflecting on 2020? Sure, yeah, it was was a bit of an interesting year. You know, you had a whole bunch of albums get pushed back and then you had some surprise releases. Uh, If you read our our post, we, we kind of talk about that sort of stuff, which ones were surprises and which ones were were ones we knew about. And so there's there's a whole bunch of stuff I really love. But uh it was a good year for some Canadian music. I really love the the Orbal Peck and the the Caribou albums. So much so I, I wrote a whole article about my favorite Canadian album for the year. So you can also see that on the soundtrack. But they were also some of my favorites of, of everything that was put out. So it shouldn't be any shock that uh it made both of those lists. And so I was really happy that uh, I was able to kind of talk about Orville Peck some more. I, I'm a I'm a huge uh, what's I can't remember what he calls his fans Peckhead Peckerhead something like that something ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I but I'm definitely a proud member of that. And even though it was only like a, a five song EP, I was definitely on board with it. And I love that he brought on Shania Twain to do a song, and that was ridiculous and, and everything I wanted. Yeah, that's honestly huge, and I think. I feel like every year is kind of just becoming a better year for Canadian music. And to me, it's just crazy that um, he was playing one of the Exclaim shows like two years ago or something. The best of yeah. the class. No, yeah. I think it's like they do. Sorry. I think it's like class, class of the class of like 2018 or whatever. I don't remember what year it was, but it was pretty re- uh, recent. And he was just at playing a small club in Toronto. And a friend of mine was actually on the bill. So it's just, crazy to see him collaborating with like Shania Twain wow that's crazy yeah, yeah there, there's a whole bunch of really really great stuff you know I, I feel like in the end you and I were kind of very high on a lot of the same albums which mm-hmm. you know you can you can go into as well but like King Cruel and, and Childish Gambino Born Ruffians like there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that that we both really like yeah no I couldn't I couldn't agree more especially Caribou uh kind of jumping back to that one I had never really listened to Caribou much before and then I was totally blown away by this album it's just so smooth and so many good ups and downs and yeah it's, it was fantastic um and it was just cool that that album specifically got me into a lot more of his music and still kind of exploring that um oh, nice. he's, he's like a warm bath where you just kind of like sink into it and like his, his vibe just washes over you yeah and then the other thing is too I looked at a picture of him after and he's just like he's an old bald dude I was like oh oh I wasn't expecting that but like 
right on. <laughs> if, especially if you look more into him, he has like this crazy degree for mathematics from some European u- uh, university. Like he's like crazy smart, and he actually like uses his math background to help inform his like beats and patterns when he's making his music but like you totally just don't expect that when you see he's just like this really nerdy looking white dude (laughs) i mean i didn't know that part but it kind of all makes sense and i'm kind of not surprised (laughs) as for myself yeah overall was just really impressed with the canadian music scene the born ruffians album is another one of my favorites from the list it's just it has a really good flow and it, it kind of reminds me of Colorado, to be honest. Um, but mis- I might be mistaken, but I believe Menno might have worked on that album, which would make sense. But yeah, super fun album. Yeah, that one shocked me if that was if that was the case. But I'd say my two favorites were Chromio and Tame Impala. You're a huge Tame Impala fan, so that, that didn't shock me at all that you rated that one so highly. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of biased. Like, the past two years on Spotify, he was, like, my my number one artist. So, kind of embarrassing, but... <laughs> hey, no, it's awesome. I loved <laughs> it, too. Impala I, fan. <laughs> I gave it an 8.5, and that's a low score, comparatively. <laughs> I forget what I... I think I gave it a 9. You did, yeah. Yeah, I... I, honestly, the first couple listens, it was like, I wasn't, I, I can't say I loved it, but like the more, it's one of those t- ones that like the more I listen to it, I just, I love it. Um, can't wait to see what comes next from him. But for as for Chromio, wow, that was, that was great. I love how it's so comedic, but the music is just so good at the same time. You know, I, I felt like it was, it was a very like fast album, like it was timely and I feel like with projects like that, you can't always expect it to be kind of what that was just because it's it's fast and rushed um, and it's kind of jokes, but it was it was great music instrumentally and hilarious lyrics. So, yeah, I wonder if for that album, they the songs, maybe they've been kind of already working on like the actual musical component because it, it, it is such a polished EP. Like it, I think it's only like six or seven songs. Yeah. And then they have instrumental versions of them all afterwards. So I almost wonder if a bunch of the beats they were kind of already playing around with. And then when the quarantine happened, they were able to quickly write them and, and just sort of tailor the lyrics to the music and be able to put that out so quickly. But like, you're right, they're, they're so cheesy. The fact is that kind of works for the whole aesthetic. They've been like that since the very beginning where it's like this sort of over-the-top 80s synth-pop rock band sort of satirizing, I guess, the worst of that genre, but still making it very heartfelt at the same time where they can make fun of themselves while still projecting this like rock star god image sort of thing. Like if you've ever seen them live, they they like really put on a show. Yeah. No, I saw, we saw them at Oshiega. You were with us, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. That was, was a fun show. Yeah. No, that's that's a really interesting Canadian music conspiracy theory, I have to say. And I have to say I agree with that because I don't understand how they could pull that off so quickly. And it was it was literally like only three months into the quarantine that it was dropped. Mm-hmm. It was at the time where like we were still joking about uh, you know, grocery stores being sold out of toilet paper and, you know, you need to have Clorox on everything. So yeah, it, it's a little timely. Like now, I don't think you'd be able to put 
an album out like that would be like, yeah, we're over that. Like, stop saying the new normal. We get it. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I feel like it, it's uh, it's a little bit of it'd be a little bit of a PR mess if they did it now. I, I believe they released a deluxe edition towards the end of the year. I haven't checked that out. Anyway, yeah, it was a really great year for music, all things considered. And, you know, so had, there were some people who pulled back, but I think I think this year people are kind of saying, you know, whatever, let's just drop something because who knows when things are going to be back to normal. So I think it's going to be another good year for music. If you haven't already checked out our, our top 100 list, you and I and the rest of our team put a, a whole bunch of work into it. And, and I know you're really proud of it. I'm really proud of it too. I think people that are, are really going to enjoy it and find some stuff maybe they missed or maybe they forgot about or, or didn't even realize was out there, some new stuff. Uh, it's, a, it's an excellent list. And, and I think it's got a little something for everyone. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you're checking out the soundtracks website to, to look at that top 100 list. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Okay, moving into 2021. So there are a lot of lists about top albums coming out this year. And it's pretty hard to, like, we could probably talk about so many, to be honest, but we kind of made the decision to pick 10 each um, and then kind of uh, elaborate on four to five different ones. Um, So I will go first with an album I'm really excited for. So this one's actually not even for sure, but supposedly The War on Drugs is going to be releasing another album. Uh, The singer Adam said it in an interview, but he only said that he would like to do another album this year. So that's really, really, really up in the air, but I, I, I could do my best to manifest it. Uh, but their last album was A Deeper Understanding, which just amazing kind of Bruce Springsteen rock from front to back. And uh, yeah, I've loved the war on drugs for years. So I, I really hope that they put out an album. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because like, I have to imagine with all this time off, it's given artists the chance to like be able to write a ton because you're not touring, you're not doing press, you're not doing whatever. You're probably stuck at home with your families if you have one or on your own, if, if that's the case, or living with your bandmates, whatever your situation might be. So I have to imagine there's going to be like in the next six months to, I don't know, 36 months, there's going to be a huge influx of, of albums. Maybe, you know, people will be like, I wrote 50 songs during the quarantine year, so I have enough for, for two albums, basically. And so it's going to be really interesting to sort of where that all kind of goes out. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for that. But like you were saying, yeah, there's some of the these giant lists, you're like, oh yeah, there's tons of names on here. But then you try to look into a little bit more and it's just like, oh, this band hasn't put out a record for, you know, three years, so they're due for a new one. Well, that doesn't mean they're actually working on something. Yeah, definitely not. That's but uh, very I would have to say my first pick is probably going to be Phoenix. I'm, I, I love this band. I've seen them live a whole bunch of times. And they put out a, a record a couple years ago called Teamo that was all right. It isn't. It wasn't my favorite of theirs, but it's still pretty solid. They already have a new song called Identical, which was on the on the Rock soundtrack, which is a, a Bill Murray movie directed by Sofia Coppola, who is the wife of Thomas Mars, the lead singer of Phoenix. And they've done music for almost every one of her movies, and usually have cameos in their movies and stuff like that. So that was the first song we got from them. And I believe the new album is actually going to be called Identical as well. And it's really good. It, it 
kind of harkens back a little bit more to Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix, that era. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see if they're going a bit back more to their roots. Where is Phoenix from? Do you know? They're from France. Yeah, that's that's cool. They They have a really interesting sound, and I think it's always really cool to hear like European influences on different bands and stuff. Honestly, I've never listened to an album from them from start, like start to finish, but perhaps I will this year. Actually, I might've listened to Tiamo, but I don't know if it was very memorable. Maybe, I I honestly can't remember. (laughs) If you want one, go to Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. It's a very, it sounds like it's a movie basically. That's so cool. Next, I'm actually going to touch on Sky Ferreira. So, Dakota, are you familiar with Sky Ferreira? I am, yeah. I, I know, I can't remember the name of the album, but I'm, I'm familiar with the infamous album cover where she's in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I found out about Sky Ferreira on the app Songza. Have you ever used Songza? No, I have not. So, it was like, it was, bef- it was like pre-Spotify. I used it in high school and you could just, it would like, recommend you different music or playlists or whatever and um her song love and stereo it, it yeah it's from the album where she's in the shower uh, it's called nighttime my time anyway that's pretty much how i got into her and yeah i just think she's so cool and she's a model that's another thing um <laughs> but um and she's an actress and the other thing about her is, um, I guess this is some kind of indie rock gossip. <laughs> she used to date the singer of Dive. Dive's another band I love. And they got arrested together too, I believe, for something drug-related. Not, not good, obviously. Anyway, haven't seen her do music in quite some time. So I'm, I'm really interested as to uh, how this will sound. She has a really cool kind of indie pop vibe to her but um i believe her last release was apparently in 2019 which i didn't listen to that but yeah i'm I'm pretty stoked for that so yeah she she's definitely more darker compared mm-hmm. to other pop but she she definitely has a pretty unique voice yeah my next pick is going to be parquet courts uh they put out their last album back in 2018 and it was produced by danger mouse it was called wide awake and it it's was sort of seen seen as them going poppier, but still, you know, quite a, a parquet court record, which is you know can be aggressive at times, but always fun. But it had some some great bangers on that album, and it's probably my favorite of them. And it's interesting because like I I, I would go back and I would look at like oh, what were my favorite albums of the year? And like their albums would always sort of come in my top five, top ten. And if I'm like, you know what, Parquet Court is one of my favorite bands. I love them. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of surprising. I only saw them for the first time on the last tour, and it was phenomenal. I've been a fan of them since, like, the very beginning. Their first album, Light Up Gold. I remember reading about it in Rolling Stone back when I used to read that magazine all the time. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this band sounds interesting. I'll, uh, I should check them out. I've, I've sort of really loved them ever since. They already have a new song out called Hey Bug, which was... Uh, they were celebrating some sort of anniversary last year. Uh, I think it was like since like their debut EP, 10 year anniversary of that. And that's when they released it with that. And they've already confirmed that they are in the studio. So I imagine there should be something somewhat early in this year if they already have a single and 
or confirm that something's coming out. To be honest, like I, so I got into them in 2016 because uh, their album Human Performance. And then I saw them, I think it was for that tour. It was, uh, I can't remember which venue, a small venue in Toronto. They were really, really good. It's definitely not for everybody, pretty out there, but I love it. Um, but I'm looking at their Spotify. I actually didn't realize how popular they were. Like their songs on their last album, Wide Awake, have like millions of plays. I didn't know they were so big. Yeah, that is sort of surprising me too. I'm looking at that right now. I'm not sure why. Like maybe it, one of them was in a commercial or something. Yeah. But I honestly I thought human performance was a bit more like spoken about amongst the music community than wide awake. So that's surprising to see. All their top listen to songs are from wide awake. Yeah, I just think maybe wide awake was more it, it, it's probably their most accessible album. Right. To them before. Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. Uh, the next album I am excited for would be Billie Eilish. So she said on social media that well, she has a, a documentary com- coming out called The World's a Little Blurry. And she said she was going to be dropping a new album after that documentary comes out. And uh, it would also come with a hair change. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no more black and green? (laughs) I I guess not. I didn't expect her to stick with that for so long, to be honest. Like, I'm not not mad at it. I think it's cool. I just, because she was switching up her hair so often. But it'll be interesting to see the direction she takes. When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? was a cool album, to be honest. Like, I I liked it. I liked the songs, but I feel like it was just kind of like, a bunch of singles on an album does that Mm. make sense yeah no I totally get that like did you did you listen to the album yeah it was it's it's okay like uh, I I think I agree with that statement where it's like oh there's there's, I I really like this song and I really like this song but as a whole it wasn't really cohesive enough for me yeah I guess to kind of rephrase that it felt like all the best songs dropped as singles and then everything new that was left to listen to just was like kind of filler yeah like there no, was yeah, I agree there was like no like new banger so that was disappointing so I kind of I like I just I just hate when artists drop all their best songs and the, I hate when artists do exactly that so I'm I'm hoping <laughs> it's a bit more like there's more surprises this time and I hope it's like I don't know maybe it'll have concept album vibes I'm not I'm not sure but I, I really like her. I think she's really talented. She's not for everybody, and though. She also has the the theme song for the James Bond movie, which was, you know, supposed to come out last spring, and then I got pushed back to the fall, and then I got pushed back to this spring, and now it's been pushed back to the summer. I, know. I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe she was trying to time her album release with that, because at the time, when if the movie comes out, it's probably like a whole bunch of buzz about her, and she can kind of, you know, go with that buzz and release the album and ride the wave at the same time. So I wonder if her, like, album for label strategy was to coincide the release with that yeah very very well could be but geez what am like how awkward because even in the music video it's like showing clips of the movie and it's just like now we have to wait like forever trust me as someone who also talks about movies a lot the amount that i've been pushed back it's insane (laughs) yeah 
it's ridiculous, but oh well. Um, I'm glad artists are just like, screw it, here's my album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, my next pick is going to be St. Vincent. I love Annie Clark. I think she's one of the most talented guitarists and like her, her lyrics, you know, you can listen to it like four or five times and then like on the sixth time you listen to it again and it's just like, whoa, this song sounds completely different because like you just rearrange the way you're processing it and it just like, you, you just are able to appreciate it in a new light and she's someone that's always been, you can appreciate her music on first listen to, but it really grows over time for me. Mm-hmm. And it's been, uh, I guess, four years now since her last proper album, Mass Seduction. And then a year later, she basically made it uh, a stripped down version called Mass Education. Um, but yeah, it's been four years now since her full album. And she's commented saying that uh, her new album is basically completely done. Uh, and it's calling it a tectonic shift and that she felt that she had gone as far as she possibly could go with angularity. Now, I have no idea what that means, and she's pretty out there anyways, where album to album, her sound drastically shifts. So I'm just excited to see what she means by non-angularity music. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. It sounds like it's going to be pretty out there. I don't know what the word tatonic means, <laughs> but... Yeah, I love her. I have a crush on her. I think uh, she's so cool. I wish I was her. I love all her imagery, her album artwork, everything. So unpredictable. Yeah, and her live show is like really weird. Like when, when I saw her at Oceaga, it was it was very strange. But she's so she's so cool. I can't wait. It's very performance art. Yeah, exactly. I don't really know even what to expect. I guess with that statement, but. All I know is I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be cool because yeah. she's just about the coolest person I know. Not that I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, know of. introduce me, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I, yeah, I'm, I'm hiding a secret. Yeah, I'm secretly uh, best friends with Annie Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We've got Travis Scott coming out with an album this year called Utopia. There's no release date. Okay, so he, he released a note, which I'm having difficulties finding right now. But um, on October 5th, 2020, he said, in all caps, going to cook up and build these walls for Utopia. See you guys soon. Uh, I'm pretty excited, to be honest. I'm a huge Astroworld fan. I liked it a lot more than his previous album. With that said, uh, there is a lot of people on Astroworld, like a lot of people, um, including John Mayer, Kevin Parker, and um oh my gosh I forget who else but a lot of collaborators but it's a really good concept album it takes you literally to kind of this psychedelic hip-hop journey um I feel like Utopia it kind of sounds like it's going to be based around another place it sounds psychedelic and cool and I'm really excited to see what he does don't know when it's coming out though I don't have any of that information unfortunately Astro World wasn't really my my album I didn't really care for it uh so yeah I know he's oh. huge I just I always think of that that year at Oshiega where he showed up super late <laughs> oh man that's what comes to your head every time you hear Travis yeah Scott. like he was, he was he was the headliner and I think he was like 
three hours late or something like that because he was coming from Chicago the night before where it was both his album release date and his birthday. And I was like, yeah, there's no way he's coming to Oceaga. And sure enough, he like shows up three hours late and they had like signs posted all up on the screen of being like, Travis Scott's on his way. Oh, I know. That was, that was awful. I didn't, I forget who I watched during that time instead, but yeah, um, I, I, I still really like him. How much, (laughs) how much of his art actually comes from him though? I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, just just because like his album previously was not nearly as good as Astroworld and like I said Astroworld had a lot of really really good artists and collaborators on it but with that said like who knows who will be on this album and uh, I'm still excited yeah I'm sure it's going to be a really big deal like there's going to be hype around it for sure yeah exactly did you are you aware of Stormy World no what's that (laughs) so you know how he has like his daughter stormy with kylie jenner okay so they had when she turned one or two years old they had a Mm -hmm. he they had a birthday party and instead of ashley world it was called storm stormy world and it was like pretty much decorated all like the album and i don't know if you know the you know the album cover has like that big blow-up face yeah of his it was like his daughter's face instead that was like the entrance to the party it was it was like it's totally insane like (laughs) but (laughs) maybe there'll be like a a stormy utopia birthday party this time i don't know Um, (laughs) that sounds horrifying to me (laughs) oh dude there was a claw machine and like pillows of her face like and like that's just one part of it like it (laughs) was insane oh wow that's traumatizing yeah my next one is uh is someone i know you also really like a lot too and that's father john misty yeah, what's what's the details on that? Don't really know a ton. He he put out two EPs last year, but he hasn't put out a full record since God's God's favorite customer back in 2018. So I'm pretty hungry for some uh, new Father John. All has really been talked about. He hasn't said anything, but one of the producers from the album did like some podcast interview where he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm in the studio working on the new Father John Misty album," and he's worked with with Josh Tillman a few times before so he's definitely someone you know who you can trust saying this but other mm-hmm. than that it's been like complete radio silence there there's no idea of when there'll be a single when it might come out is it done is it still being recorded what the deal is with that but like I have to assume you know with with this such lengthy gap he probably has to have something coming like for the most part of his career he's been pretty prolific putting stuff out at a, at a pretty rapid pace never going more than like a year and a half to two years at most without putting out new music and having two EPs come out last year I really hope this means that something bigger is on the way yeah I hope so too I'm a I'm a Father John Misty fan as well love his whole image he he is totally obsessed with himself uh which I guess I would normally find annoying, but <laughs> I don't mind. I honestly don't mind it. It's, I, I, I love Father John Missy. His life. You can almost look at him. Oh, yeah. I think you can almost look at him and like understand that it's an act, even though if elements of it clearly are real. So mm-hmm. you look at it, you look at it, and you're just like, I know you're putting on this sort of lounge singer you know Frank Sinatra sort of I'm the biggest star in the world sort of thing 
it's all just for show, but at the same time, he also kind of believed it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a really good way to uh, characterize it. Yeah, like I, I almost, you know, pre-complete Kanye West mental breakdown in the last year and a half, two years, he, he was sort of very similar where, you know, he puts on this performance, but then if you really listen to his lyrics, you can kind of see the cracks in where the writer and the performer become separate people. And I think Father John Misty is, is the exact same way. Wow, I've, I've never thought of it that way, but that really makes a lot of sense. I haven't revisited any of his albums uh, recently, but I'm definitely going to now. I was watching one of his live, a few of his live performances and yeah, he's great. Uh, my next pick would be Claro. Uh, unfortunately, no details on that either. She just, she put out an album, I think it was 2019, was it 2019? Yeah, Immunity. Yeah, geez, time freaking flies. But yeah, I love her whole vibe. She's like lo-fi, cutesy, indie pop. Holy man, she has 13 million monthly listeners. I didn't realize she blew up that much. That's that's insane. Um, but yeah, she pretty much just said on Twitter, um, I think she posted like a file and it said album two. And then she said she was like in the studio. So yeah, don't know when that's coming out, but I, I can't wait. She's grown so, so much. I found her through her song Pretty Girl on YouTube. I think it just kind of came up when I was... Uh, letting the YouTube recommendations flow. And uh, yeah, I, I, it was cool to watch her blow up. So yeah, I, I, I had never heard of again. her before. I never really heard of her before. And then all of a sudden it seemed like, you know, on Twitter and, and you know, pop heads on Reddit and stuff like that were like, couldn't shut up about her. And yeah. I would see stuff on Instagram about her like all the time. I was just like, oh my God, who is this? It was like, it almost reminded me of someone I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, in Lord, where it was just like all of a sudden she was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She was supposed to open for a Tame Impala show. It was it was Tame Impala, MGMT, and Claro, which is wow. Yeah. What a lineup. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like super obsessed with her. Like I'm not but but I think she's really cool and I'm excited to see what she brings to the table. Her uh, immunity was a little more softer than I was expecting. Um, all of her all of her singles previously were pretty lo-fi. And then this album was like, I guess a bit more mature and cleaned up. It'd be cool to kind of see her go back to her kind of lo-fi bedroom pop vibes. But, you know, I also respect an artist's process and evolvement. Also, you know, now she's got studio money so she can do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah that makes sense <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you said you were going to talk about lord well not till later she would just kind of be like my one of my honorable mentions but my okay. uh, my last my last main one i kind of want to talk about it is kendrick lamar nice it's uh you know some people don't consider the black panther soundtrack to be an album of his he executive produced it and is on a bunch of the songs but not all of the songs it's more of it's sort of interesting because it was, it was more of him just sort of curating a sound and working with people he really liked. And he sometimes would just like provide like uh, backing vocals on hooks and things like that where it was really not prominent. 
but uh, I, I was I was a big fan of that album. But his last like proper album was Damn, which was back in 2017. So we're you know going on four years now. He uh, is scheduled to headline Rock Slide, which is a festival in Denmark for late this summer. Who knows if that will actually happen or not? But okay. he apparently had told them that he would have new material. He's done this a couple times. I remember in the lead up to Damn and to Pimp a Butterfly. He hadn't been heard for a little while because usually when he's, you know, not on tour and stuff like that, he completely disappears from like the, the public spotlight. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, you know, booking Coachella and Bonnaroo and Oceaga and, you know, all these huge festivals without any new material. And everyone's like, what's happening? You you know, we, we heard the last album cycle like a year and a half, two years ago. What's going on? And it was always the, like the festivals being like, He's told us he's going to have new material. We don't know what it is, when it's coming out, but he's going to have new material. And sure enough, every time he like does these like big festival tours as a headliner, he's got new material. So he's supposed to be headlining something this summer. I wouldn't be shocked if maybe in the like mid to late summer he puts something out because he is great at timing. He is basically a, a master marketer where he really knows how to control his image. And, and I really think he's going to drop something huge yeah no I I agree with that um I have no doubt it would be it's going to be good I'm a big Kendrick fan as well I say Black Panther is a Kendrick album I mean if he had that big of a part in the creative process and like he's on a lot of the songs it's a Kendrick album and also if Astroworld is a Travis Scott album Black Panther is a Kendrick album (laughs) so just (laughs) I like it (laughs) um I wonder if he'll pull back on the album though. Like if he's not, if he's not doing the festival, cause like you were saying, it kind of seems like he's tied to uh, public appearances and concerts and stuff with his releases. So um, hopefully concerts happen, but if they don't, I really, really hope he doesn't pull back because uh, it, I need some Kendrick in my life. It would not shock me in, in the slightest if he does end up uh, delaying the album, if, if festivals and concerts aren't back up and running by the time he had, yeah release it like that's totally something he would do yeah well I I guess um I guess it would kind of seem like maybe he doesn't enjoy being on in the spotlight like kind of in between that which I totally totally respect so I could see that happening so yeah like did you know that he'd been dating the same girl since high school and and married her like a couple years ago like I had no idea he was seeing anyone yeah he's been with like the same woman for like 10 years I wouldn't think that based on his lyrics. I know, yeah. (laughs) He he is like the master of not revealing anything about himself in his lyrics while sort of revealing everything about humanity in his song. (laughs) Yeah, no, that that honestly tells me so much about uh, fame in general. It's just like, people are like, oh, like, I feel bad for them or in the light, but it's like, no, you put out there what you want to put out there. Like, Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's so off topic, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hopefully it happens. But my honorable mentions were Kendrick Lamar, which we just spoke about, Father John Misty. We also just spoke about Snail Mail, St. Vincent. We spoke about and Lana Del Rey, mm. which is chem- Chemtrails Over the Country Club, which a lot of people have been talking about. I haven't honestly have not listened to any of the singles or anything yet yeah she's she's someone that's interesting where like I like some of her stuff but 
I don't like all of it. And I find that like, she never really knows what she's doing with her image. And so kind of like, it's really hard to hone in on who she is as an artist. Why do you say that she doesn't know what she's doing with her image? I'm curious on that. I don't know, because like, you know, there's some artists who, you know, every album cycle will will sort of switch it up. And it just sort of seems that she's just sort of making it up as she goes. And like halfway through an album cycle, if it's not working for her, she'll just like sort of change it up and seems like she sort of disowns what she had done before. And so it's just always sort of confusing where I'm not really able to peg what how, how she wants to be received as. So, so it's just sort of a, a bit of a mental block of, of why I've never really been able to get into her. <laughs> that makes sense. I was really into her for her first album. And then she kind of blew up. It got really, really commercial for me, in my opinion. But I still respect her work. And I'll definitely listen to this album. But there's no album I really like more than her first one. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, we'll that, that, that's the only one I've really liked the first two. Yeah, okay. A lot of people don't agree with me on that. I feel like, I feel like like with most Lana Del Rey fans it's like they're either like really really passionate or like they're not a Lana Del Rey fan <laughs> so <laughs> tough to find that well, I don't think I've, I've heard all of her albums um I didn't I didn't like Norman's fucking Rockwell and I didn't like Honeymoon and I think the only other one I've listened to is, is Born to Die and which I did like I actually didn't mind Norman fucking Rockwell I like that one but I haven't revisited it in like quite some time so at the same time, like, I guess that kind of does say something, but curious on your honorable mentions. Yeah, so I, I, I picked a couple of different ones. Um, I've got Spoon. They've already said that something is coming out this year. It should be early. SZA, she already has a couple sing- singles and apparently has had stuff ready for quite a while and was getting pretty antsy to release something last year and was threatening to just put it out there. Uh, Pusha T, he's confirmed that he's recorded something with, with Pharrell and Kanye being the only producers on it, which is interesting mm. because Pharrell did a lot of the work on his Clips albums back in the day, and Kanye has been doing his last couple of albums, so it'll be interesting to sort of see how those two styles meld together. Uh, Arcade Fire, uh, Wynn Butler's already said a new album's in the works. I'm, I'm a little tepid to see where this goes. I'm you know, they're one of my favorite all-time bands, but everything now just really didn't work for me. Maybe I need to revisit it. It's been a couple of years since I last listened to it. Mm. So I really hope they rebound. Uh, and then my last one is Lord, where I think that's more of a hopeful thing. She is so super secretive about everything. Uh, and it's been several years since, uh, since Melodrama, and I, I really got to hear some more Lord. So a few comments on all that. So... For Pusha T, that's interesting to me that Kanye West is working on it, considering I'm pretty sure Kanye said he was only going to be working on, like, worship music. Um, but cool. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, Arcade Fire. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous, too. I wasn't a huge fan of everything now. I liked, like, I didn't mind the radio singles, but as an album, I think I only listened to it, like, twice. So... Maybe maybe it was just a little a little oopsie, little slip up. Maybe it'll be really good. I'm gonna gonna try and manifest that. And then Lord. I'm not I'm not like a huge Lord fan. 
love her singles, but eager to see what a new album would sound like because it's been quite some time. Yeah, and she was so young for both of her first two albums. I think her first album, she was like 14 or 15, and then her second one, I think she was like 19, and now she's in her, you know, early 20s. I think she's, she's probably around close to your age or something like that. Yeah. But like, I, I imagine that that's quite a growth because, you know, if you look back at your like journal entries or something like that from when you're 14 to when you are 22, 23, you're a completely different person. So I'm, I'm very sort of curious to see what sort of direction her music is going to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you said that wasn't confirmed, right? Yeah. It, it seems like it's mostly speculation. Uh, the fact is like when she's not doing album release stuff like like touring and press and what like that she she disappears off the face of the earth and it sort of seems like she's slowly resurfacing a little bit she uh was in the background of uh of a taylor swift documentary the one that came out and so i think people i think people are are being hopeful that that means something is coming but other than that there there doesn't seem to be any real concrete information so that's why this is just an honorable mention for me because i don't know right well fingers crossed Okay, well, I guess that kind of sums up our discussion. Uh, do you have any other comments about 2021? I, I'm really excited. I, I think there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. Like I was saying at the beginning, I, I really hope and believe that artists were just writing a lot. And by the sounds of it, it looks like they couldn't record it like as a, a full band unless they have like a home studio. So they're probably working in studios now, being able to, to quarantine and take safety measures and stuff like that. So I would not be shocked if we just get like a whole bunch of albums, you know, in maybe the back half of this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm hoping for the best because uh, there's not, not much else happening. And yeah, I think it's going to be another great year for music no idea about what what's in store for concerts but fingers crossed <laughs> we need some concerts online just yeah. cutting it <laughs> yeah it's it's really not it makes me really sad and bored like it's just weird because it's like the amount of shows I would go to like it's hard to imagine a life where I would go to, to the amount of shows I would like it, it doesn't even feel like that was a reality. It's been so long, you know? Yeah. And, and then, you know, I'm thinking about how, like, oh, you know, I'd love to, you know, go to, like, some sweaty punk show or something like that. And I'm thinking about, I'm like, oh, would I wear a mask at a show? <laughs> like, what, like what, what situation is this going to be like? I just find myself, like, getting mentally stuck on, like, what a concert is actually going to look like. I know. I feel like, like, and if we all have to wear masks, which... I'm not saying I'm like against that, but like I just see so many people passing out, you know, like, oh my God, it just. A horseshoe like, gets hot enough as is. Exactly. I just, a, a sweaty show seems just so far away. Like, I, I can't even think about it. I just get like so upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was great chatting and, uh, yeah, here's to a good year of music. Where Cheers. can where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find my writing on the soundtrack, which everyone should be going to. But uh, <laughs> you can follow me on uh, on Instagram at iso dakota or on Twitter at dgapa. 
And normally my Instagram is sponsored photos, but there haven't been any of those things. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much again. And thank you everybody for listening. Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at the dot soundtrack. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next episode.